I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to a special guest episode of That Trippy Show. Today we welcome an old friend, Nicholas Gruen. We met after the Dean campaign in Australia, and I gotta tell you, uh, it was great to be in your country, Nicholas. And uh, But what was more interesting to me was how, uh, Nicholas, you were interested in how we brought people together in the Dean campaign, and you know my ideas about uh, technology and how we could uh, use it to build a stronger democracy. But I was really intrigued back then, and this was right after the Dean campaign, about your idea about how to make people communicate, give them the opportunity to communicate and exchange ideas and how that would make uh, democracy much more vibrant. And now we find ourselves in this battle in America. I want our listeners to hear your thoughts, because I've, I've thought for almost a, well, better part of a decade and a half now that you were on to something. But now I'm, I'm sort of concerned because we're in this short term, got to have, you know, the polarization that's out there can't, that can't be fought in eight months in a way that would make a difference. So yeah, I, I wanted, uh, I wanted you to, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, ahead, like, why don't you lay out, um, your ideas about how to bridge the gap and fight the partisanship yeah. long term. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess I started thinking about this. We had a right wing ignorant can, um, candidate in the late nineties, and there were two sub. Uh, so she was on my mind. She, her name's Pauline Hanson. She's still going. And the, Australia's prime minister was trying to pre, uh, make us a republic, which really didn't mean much other than getting rid of the Monty Python show at the top of the at the top <laughs> of the constitution, replacing it with a, a stuffed shirt. And people were getting very excited about this. And, and I just thought to myself, you know, Pauline Hanson is an important thing to think about and the atmospherics, the symbolism of Australia, whether we're a republic or whether we're a republic with a foreign Monty Python show or whether we're our own republic really doesn't matter. But I saw the the, the populism of Pauline Hanson as, I mean, I saw it as legit, as a sort of toxified something which was toxified but otherwise legitimate, which is that a whole lot of not very well-educated people were feeling thoroughly left out and talked over and yelled at and called racist and all the rest of it. And that needed to be represented in our democracy. And I thought to myself, why don't we, you know, we could have a citizens' assembly which is chosen in the same way juries are chosen. 
And the more I thought about that, the more that the more I saw it, not as just a sort of a you know a new trick or a particular thing we could do that could help, but as actually a lens through which to look at democracy, our own democracy, and what's wrong with it. And pretty much everything about it is curative of the terrible things that our democracy, the, the, the terrible state of our democracy. Um, so then the question becomes, how do you bring this into the political mainstream in some way? And lots of the people who, who are writing about this and talking about this want, to some, want it to somehow replace our existing institutions and that's obviously impossible in the short term. And I don't even know if it's a good idea in the long term. What I know is a good idea is the American idea of checks and balances. And we have to introduce mechanisms like this. Citizen juries, ordinary people, everyday people uh, sampled from the community got together and we say, what do you think? Right. So it's, it's literally randomly putting people uh, officially, I mean, selected to dis debate, discuss, talk together over the problems and see if they can work yep. on and come out with solutions. Well, well, yes, uh, but, but you said the word officially. Now, as you know, Joe, I've said to you every now and again, usually at a time in uh, the, at your crisis-ridden country, which is a bit too late, why don't we have a community-funded version of right. this? So if you go, so for instance, uh, I spent a bit of time, I mentioned it to you, it turned out not to work really because of COVID, but one of the ideas I had was to try to get some wealthy people, initially wealthy people, after which I think when people saw this, it could be crowdfunded, to fund a citizen assembly to depute a people's delegation to Glasgow, to the COP, to the, to the Conference of the Parties on Greenhouse, from the two then recalcitrant countries, which were Australia and the United right. States. Well, Biden got up and, and so on and so forth. Uh, right. So so that gives you an idea of, of something that, so, so there are a lot, quite a lot of people talking about sortition, but in my opinion, they're political neophytes and they're not really trying to turn this into a form of political right. activism. Now, I realize that it's difficult, but that's what I'm trying to right. do. Right. Well, it's difficult in the in the political season, particularly as the is at least in the United States, our democracy is so polarized and people are in their tribes right now. What what interests me about the idea is it it, it could lift people above the the tribe yeah. to come together. It, it, it's like uh, I know uh, that uh, you know I've I've been in the room. Uh, with with Republicans and you can uh, you know as a Democrat and and I'm convinced that I could and uh, that I could sit down with some of them uh, with any of them actually uh, with with three or four others exactly. and we could have a discussion. I'm not going to get everything I want. They're not going to get everything they want, but I I think we would be able to come to some agreement. Yeah, maybe we both leave the room. Wishing we could get more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is in our DNA, Joe. We evolved. We would have been eaten by lions and run through by various animals on the African savanna if we didn't evolve to be the only primate that solves problems in groups. That's what we do, and we're incredibly good at it. And when you get 
everyday people together. I'll take you through the psychology of what happens when uh, when these these citizen juries are put on. People go along and they think, "Ah, oh, politics. People going to be yelling at me," and they go in and they meet these other people who are thinking the same thing, and they they don't meet people who agree with them, but they think. Oh, okay. So that's why you think that about guns or whatever. And and they either think, oh, yeah, well, that makes some sense for you, or they think, well, you're a bit crazy, but we've got to live together anyway. So how are we going to deal with this? And away it goes. Things work out and they go home. And, and, and if you do a sort of an analysis of people's experience of this, 90 95% of people describe it as a good experience. Half of those describe it as a very good experience. About half of those describe it in quite rapturous terms. And half of those go and stand for uh, go and stand at the next election for local council or something. So it's an incredibly generative process that speaks to our nature, to the way we evolve. Right. And if you ran this in communities around the country group after group out there getting together, actually talking through some of the, the issues. Exactly. Well, it's just so for the audience, generally what happens here uh, in our, my relationship with Nicholas is I fall off the map uh, getting involved in something like uh, Doug Jones in Alabama. I'm getting emails from him saying, I, ha I have an idea about how we could finally try to implement this. And then usually I come up for air just before the next crisis hits that makes it uh, yeah. untimely. And so, uh, uh, yeah. no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and so I've always been intrigued with this idea, but I still um, am troubled by a, a, the, the timing again. I mean, again, I don't see how this yeah, can yeah. happen well, in, a, in a meaningful way. I'm not saying it can't be started now, but in a meaningful way between now and in our November elections. Well, well, okay. So, so let me suggest that there will be. Uh, now, I'm not sure I'll be able to think sure. of the right examples, but for instance, during the Trump era, sending a people's well, uh, the uh, the cop, the 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 Glasgow business, uh, the meeting of the parties on greenhouse got delayed, and so on. But there are. I mean, imagine. If so, so you just take me through this thought experiment, Joe. Um, you and um, some respectable Republican and some figure uh, put together a group of 150 everyday Americans, and they they are paid to stand as a standing citizens' chamber. That's their job. Would that be good for American politics or bad for American politics? Would Joe Manchin's votes be any different if that body existed? I think there are all kinds of circumstances where a body like that could have an effect, an ongoing effect right now. And over time, as people saw it work, they would say, in the words of that uh, scene in When Harry Met Sally, I'll have what she's having. They would say, that looks like a good idea. Can we please have this at least in, in an advisory capacity in our constitutions? Uh, so those are the sorts of things that we might be able to do. Well, I mean, I see that could, could happen like over something like climate change, uh, uh, a citizens council now uh, coming uh, up with with recommendations. Well, no, 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 not just on climate change. 
let's say Donald Trump gets elected in two years' time or two and a bit years' time. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, this isn't necessarily, uh, you know, I think you'd have to do a whole lot of other things because God right. knows what's going to go on. But if you have a group of everyday Americans just saying, hang on a minute, he did what? Uh, hang on a minute. Uh, are we uh, showing the considered opinion of the American people, the considered opinion of people who are paid to check stuff out, know a bit about what's going on, not just uh, say some nice things on TV and so on. Would it be a good thing to have or a bad thing to have? I think it would be a pretty good thing to have. Would it save the day? Probably not. You tell me something that we can do well, that would. I just don't, at least where we are in the country right now, I don't think anybody, the the, the Trump uh, uh, loyalist would see anything coming out of that group, even if there were Trump loyalists in it uh, uh, that didn't agree with their outside view. Yeah, the the really the really rusted on ones, yes. But there's always to 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 get the sort of numbers that you need to become a president, even in the rotten system that you've got. Um, you need quite a lot of people who you know feel they you know that you you know the psychology they feel bad about people like Hillary Clinton uh, about establishment Democrats, all that stuff, and somehow they've got themselves into this psychological state of going with these lawless no. characters. Um, and if they see a good chunk of people just like them uh, going, no, no, this makes no sense. These people are really just trying to rev us up. Uh, I think it can make a difference. But it can't, I don't think it can do much harm, but I agree with you. It's a very sticky situation and no one thing is going to be a silver bullet in that situation. Yeah, I, I would actually go further. If we had uh, if successfully done this uh, six or seven years ago and there was such a, a, a citizens groups that got together and, and talked like this with each other, we, we very mightly might not have. Uh, we might have headed off Donald Trump becoming president. I mean, it may have been very fruitful yeah. in that kind of time. I think yeah. my own view is that uh, uh, it may work after this next uh, round of elections be between, I mean, be just because it's so polarizing, I just don't see, uh, it, in other words, it's an idea yeah. that needs to be worked on. It's one of the reasons I wanted to to have you on the show to talk about. But I think it's a long-term view um, that that that, yeah, that, that, well, that could make the difference if we can come out of this. I'm just not sure that we can come out of it. I, I don't see any way we come out of it out of the polarized tribe, tribe, you know, at war thing. Um, we're going to go into this election doing that, and I don't, I don't see. Yeah, well, uh, I the, agree. The, the one thing, though, yeah. uh, you know, back then too, we we had, uh, uh, you know, I. I admit uh, that I had a uh, well. You had a more dystopian view of technology, at least in terms of uh, uh, which this idea totally uh, comes from, because you recognize that uh, technology and information in our devices would mean we would not be talking to each other; we'd be isolated from each other. And you had this idea about no, it's if you do these citizen councils. Where at right. the local level, uh, people are coming together in person, knowing each other as human beings, treating each other civilly, 
uh, and with dignity uh, that yeah. we would find more answers that way. Yeah. I did say at the time, first of all, you were right about that. But secondly, um, I did say at the time, I know I, I, I could sound utopian, you know, sort of having a, this, this, you know, it's going to solve all our problems view. Um, but I said really clearly, and in my book, I repeated it um, and, and ever since, that technology doesn't know who's using it. The tools are there to be, you know, to be uh, yeah. uh, used and leveraged for good or for, for evil. And um, I do. Uh, and I said, hey, so those of us who want to do good things with it need to really jump in and build tools and logarithms and things that that went that way. Unfortunately, what I the other side, I think evil or those who wanted to do harm and divide were better became better practitioners, and somehow it's 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 gone more the way you you saw it, the 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 real ugly way it could go. But do you have any thoughts about how how to to get it back on track, or is it is it this the only method is for us all to come together um, in these councils or well. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just, yeah, I think I've got a few thoughts, but let me push back again a bit about your word evil. I don't think the managers of McDonald's or KFC are evil. They're optimizers. And that's what you are too when you're, when you're campaigning. You're trying to optimize votes. And if you're trying to optimize votes, you're trying to move yeah, down I, the brainstem. You're trying to get people's yeah. attention. Uh, I was so talking on. more in the political terms of white supremacist uh, radical groups that, are, that understand how our yeah. minds work. I mean, what part of the mind they're they're trying to activate every day, yeah. um, and have used the yeah. technology uh, or the social, et cetera, to just continually yeah. stoke that fear, uh, the fight or flight, you know, mechanism in our heads that. That may, you know, that that make it tough to deal rationally with today's problems. I mean, in other words, it's easier to to stoke them up, and they they've been doing that, yeah. and uh, and it's worked. I mean, look at look at where the country is, the world is right now. Yeah, but when I was wondering about Pauline Hanson, our our um, populist in Australia, I wasn't really thinking of the internet. That was nineteen ninety. Yeah, sure. That was nineteen ninety six. And I'll tell you what I was thinking about, because I've been dystopian about this for a long time. I think we would be rough, not quite where we are, but somewhere near where we are with the, with the, without the internet, because it was in the logic of mass media. And the, the key stat for me is that between 1968 and 1988, the average length of a presidential soundbite on network news in the United States went from, and I'm now speaking from memory, but these numbers are basically right, uh, 48 seconds to nine yep. seconds. Um, that's it. It's over. Um, you're not going to have a civic discussion about what's good and bad about this policy, if it's whatever it is. You're going to have a sort of smash and grab, how do we get their attention, and so on. So, so that's sort of inherent in competitive democracy. And guess what? Uh, the, the Representing the people by sampling, I, as we do in a jury, we just go and get right. some and we put them in a room, that's not competitive democracy. 
so the logic of competition has has over 200 years built itself into this system in a massively reductive way. And we, we have to live with that. It's, right. We've got great things out of it. Now and you now get we're to, seeing some really now serious Now you get to build downside. that wall. Build that wall versus... Yeah. Have, Build, yeah. build that yeah. wall. Uh, uh, right. Lock her up. Yeah. Build that right. wall. That's Which is, right. That's and right. there's no real discourse um, over what, over real discussion no, about no. immigration. I mean, I mean, it, it's not build that wall. Yeah. It, you might be wanting to argue that in yeah. a group, and we can have a big discussion about it and come up with other ideas. But it's not that simple, yeah. and uh, that's what's happened. So let me just make a point to rise to, to rise to your challenge about what do you do online. Unfortunately, I don't think this is a particularly good response to your problem as a campaigner. But I think one of the great tragedies, it's a bit like the great tragedy of winning the Cold War and then sort of dusting off our hands and saying history is over and everything's fine. I think we, we have parts of our society, large parts of our society that are not private sector and are not public sector. I'm thinking of things like universities. In a sense, uh, well, even a large corporation um, is in the private sector and it's trying to make profits. But inside the corporation, it's a kind of socialist republic in a certain kind of way. And that means that those people running systems like that have an interest in developing the internet in a way that develops what I call the middleware of democracy, which is not just a shouting match where people just yell stuff at each other, but uh, systems um, in which the people who make the best contributions start being promoted. That's why Wikipedia works. It's nice that it's open to anyone, but that's not the secret source. The secret source is that someone can live in that system and understand what is called the neutral point of view. It's a technical point where we can disagree whether George, Bush, George W. Bush was a good president or a bad president. We don't disagree with about where he went to school and when he was born and so on. And in that system, we build a meritocracy in which people who are making a good contribution get more authority. And we have to try to build that in online. And let me give you an example, a, a, a little, I think this is a very nice, simple example where someone ran a discussion site based in Australia. And what he did was he allowed you to aggregate the votes of people. He put up public, uh, public issues, political issues. Should we do this? Should we do that? Should we cut tax? Should we introduce a UBI, uh, universal basic income and so on? And people would debate various things and then you could press a button and see how many people are on this side and how many people are on that side. You could then press another button to ask the algorithm to correct the voting and give more votes to people who the community felt were better contributors to the debate. Best way to illustrate that is you get more votes if you're one of the people who is well thought of by people who disagree with you. Okay, that's that, and so uh, through a process like that and similar processes, you start to identify the contributors, the people who are trying to make sense and get somewhere rather than just scream at each other and right. come up with another way to demonize them and so on. Uh, that you can't send that into battle in your, your dire situation right now. But that's what we should have been working on for yeah. the last 20 uh, years. 
while Sergey and Larry built Google and all these things, our universities, our corporations, uh, our politicians should have been saying, let's get this going. Let's see if we can do something a bit better than that. What we haven't done. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. When I was uh, I was on Fox News for seven years, and uh, uh, the, I continually was seen as uh, because I was trying to to be civil and uh, have a have a real conversation yeah. uh, was seen repeatedly, yeah. even though I was a Democrat, uh, as as somebody that yeah. that uh, even when they disagreed with me, they rated me. You know, they they trusted my the credibility of what I was saying yeah um yeah and, and to build right. that but how do you do that I mean so just sort of uh, you know again in in bringing it down to what's happening you know now because I think you're right about all, yeah. all this and I think it's in- essential for people to start thinking this way and thinking about it but um you know we're getting a lot of you know we started this uh, I told you about the union join the union.us where we're asking citizens to just only agree about one thing, disagree about issues or anything else, but agree that defending and saving the democracy right now in terms of voting rights and and, and voting uh, come together to defend, you know, any attacks against the, the democracy or against the right of people to vote uh, and join together to do that. And a lot of them are, we're getting a lot of questions from these people about Facebook uh, and like we're discussing, you know, the role technology is playing in our daily life right now. And, y- you know, it's I'm, tr- I'm tr- trying to get to how we y- 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 I, I get I mean, I think P- Facebook's obviously taking a big hit. But as you say, they, they're all the Facebook and, and all these social media uh, networks are all aimed at, uh, you know, at at. at inflaming both sides right i mean it's it, it, you know it getting engaged yeah. keeping you engaged so you keep clicking is what what fuels them and that's why i don't know how we how we take a a a, yeah. a you know look at how they change their their you know their their logarithm is encouraging this extremist behavior um yeah and so yeah. I, I mean what what does it take to break out of that i mean that's obviously going to be a multi you know, year problem, I think, or to create this, 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 yeah. this network you're talking about where, you know, the, 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 the best, uh, the most people with gaining merit and support because they're trusted and they're built and they're known by users, even again, if they don't agree with them, but they, they, they know they're, they're fair and they can trust what their, what, what their contribution has been. Um, is there anything like that being built right now that you're aware of, or or are we in the lock of, are we in the world of Facebook for the next? Uh... Well, I think in terms, yeah, like I mean, you could say this. I, I use the analogy of fast food a lot, and how can you get the McDonald's and the KFCs, the people who've really scaled? How do you get them to uh, just behave a little better towards their customers? Uh, but that would mean making a bit less money, and they're not really very keen to do it. So I think it's that's very hard, and I, uh, I, I mean, I can tell you, I suppose, in a, I can tell you what I think I'd do if you make me, you know, you give me lots of political power, but no one's going to, and I might not, you know, I might not be wrong, I might not know how to do it, but uh, the algorithm, think of the algorithms as public goods. 
These are things that dominate the way in which we build the most fundamental public good in our society, which is how we govern ourselves. So uh, we, sh I think there should be, we should, you know, the, the holy grail in some sense is to try to build these social utilities with that in mind. And I don't even mean in a very worthy way. I mean, the, the, my instinct would be to put ordinary people ultimately in charge of the algorithm, have complete transparency to them. And then you need to uh, take those people and find the people, the ordinary people in that group who really uh, excel, who really understand it, who really want to do more with it. Uh, and then you have to give them some sort of authority. It's pretty, anyway, it's it's certainly It'd be not like building the, uh, one of your, your citizen groups uh, around control of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. of the logarithm or at least impacting right. it and, and overseeing it that's right and shining that's light right. on it uh, yeah. if the company is yeah. is crossing a that's line right. that's right that's, that's right. an interesting jury that I think could be yeah it is an interesting yeah yeah and I have a term here which I'd like to introduce to you which is the the term you know, Nassim Nicholas Taleb has anti-fragile, and my new term is decompetitive. So what is a decompetitive mechanism? It is a mechanism that selects without competition. So a lottery will do that. But so will a mechanism like is sometimes used in schools where um, where you, well, let's say in a club or something where you go round the members and you find out who's best regarded. Uh, we, this was used actually in a South Australian citizen jury where they had 340 members and they wanted to have spokespeople for the group. So what they did was they said they selected 15 people at random. They got them in a room. They asked them to they uh, they asked them to spend two hours. First hour was to work out the criteria according to whom. Uh, according to which one would choose a spokesperson. And the second hour was spent identifying people they'd met in the group who, who best met those criteria. No one's competing for anything. And who's going to win a competition like that? People who have, other people have noticed are contributors, who other people have noticed are not just in it for themselves, are not grandstanding, and so on and so forth. So those are mechanisms that we need, that th those are mechanisms that we need to develop that, and mechanisms that we have deplorably neglected for the last 200 years in our, in the craze of the, the you know, the fast foodification of our society. A sitting member of Congress right now could, could get some independent uh, uh, organization to create a citizen's jury in the district uh, and put three or Absolutely. four or five uh, problems that they're they're going to be facing and voting on in the next year, and ask the ask those yeah. citizens to make a, a recommendation. It, it wouldn't, uh, you know, you know, it, 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 it wouldn't be listening to your partisans or or taking on the tr the, the tribe you're opposed to. It's put put groups of uh, a, a lot of them in in a room. Uh, and tell them to work on these problems mm. and 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 make a recommendation yeah. to you could be an interesting start uh, if there was a member of Congress out yeah. there, some of whom do listen to the podcast. So um, we, you know, I'm just yeah. looking for uh, 
uh, ways to, I, I don't, I, I firm, I, I've always uh, been enthralled with the idea and the notion. Um, and I think uh, we'd be much better off if we did learn um, uh, to create some of these kind of mechanisms and get people talking face to face and together in groups again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just don't, I, yeah. I tell you as much as I've committed to that and wanted to believe it would be possible I think the next eight, seven, eight months here in the states are going to be very partisan, very polarized. Uh, there are there are yeah. groups. I mean, there are you know three percent here or four percent there that are open to talking to the other side and don't immediately leap into the tribe. Yeah. But there's so small a number they're hard yeah. to find actually. Yeah. Well, maybe after the midterms, you know, we, maybe you and I should start talking about how we start to try and build that because. Uh, I think it well, democracy will die if, if if people won't defend that that center of their being, which is that we are a species that lives in public goods and we're speaking English. That's a public good. It it just we came up with it. Um, these are the these are the media through which we live together, and without them, we we we're we're, we're finished. So, Nicholas, before we sign off, is there a, a place where uh, people can find your work if we uh, list it and sure. link it, put links in our, our show notes? Where should they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just come to my, I mean, I'm on Twitter, N. Gruen, that's six letters, N-G-R-U-E-N, uh, digit one. Uh, they can DM me. Oh, I've got an open DM. Um uh, you can look my name up on the internet and find a way to email me as well. So uh, happy to hear from any and all people. And in fact, I was uh, contacted by a person who was running for the, uh, in fact, I want to talk to him, uh, to, to you about him offline, uh, Joe, uh, but he was uh, thinking of running for the Ohio uh, State Legislature, but is now trying to get a citizen assembly oh, cool. going and is uh you know trying to develop a citizens initiated referendum to that effect so it's bubbling up and people are noticing uh and i you know america more than anywhere has got the problem and america more than anywhere has got the energy and the traditions of solving of of being first to create the problems and first to uh, first to try and solve them uh, as as Winston Churchill said, the Americans always do the right thing after they've exhausted all the alternatives. So he I'm said also this democracy was a uh, really flawed, messed up uh, system, but it's the best uh, form yeah. of government we've ever yeah. we've ever exactly. devised. Exactly, uh, and he's right yeah. about he was right about that as well. Uh, thanks, Nicholas, yeah. for being with us this week, and thanks everybody for listening to that trippy show. We'll be back this Friday with another episode. Don't forget, please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And please do share this episode with a friend. Again, we'll have uh, links uh, to how to find Nicholas in our, uh, in our show notes. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave a question in a review on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks, Nicholas.
I am Anthony Scaramucci, and you may know me from my career on Wall Street or my 11 days in the White House. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'll tell you, if you read books, you can. I love to read, and my new podcast, Open Book, is about just that. Each book is this curated source of knowledge, which we can buy for $10 and digest in 10 hours. Together with some of the brightest minds and authors out there, I'll turn the pages on everything from history and psychology to finance and tech. You can find Open Book with Anthony Scaramucci on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.